I also get farted on a lot that way. I get oh, cozied up oh, too. I get that sweet little ass. Fart I don't fart on I you. Lose I lose. Every- I, I don't fart on you. You right. don't have to fart anywhere I, I, near me for it to kill me. Oh, okay. First of all, my farts are not nearly as stinky as yours. I like the house to cold. I like to keep it hot. I don't care much for cooking. I like to eat a lot. It scares me when she's driving. And that always causes a fight. I like to fuck in the morning And I like to fuck at night Sometimes it drives me crazy Oh, those things you do You're a big fat gentile And you're a dirty Jew (laughs) Sometimes you are wrong Sometimes you're not right I like to eat puss in the morning Hey kids, it's uh, Ralphie May and Lana Turner. We're rolling on the bus. We're rolling, rolling, rolling. Can you hear it, Cat? Can you hear the noise yeah, of the bus, the bus a little bit? Can't tell. Can't tell. Hold so- on, uh, uh, my bus driver Dave's gonna hit the fucking horn. Dave, hit that horn. <laughs> you hear that, brother? Hear we it, ain't Kat? on a fucking train. Oh, that is a goddamn bus. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Scared some people. I know. Who are- Hey, and and we're in the middle of fucking nowhere in uh, in uh, California. And let me just tell you, kids, the goddamn drought is for real, for real. And that's right. Well, that side of the road is very green, but this yeah, side of the road, yeah, because it's fucking watered. irrigated. Yeah. Yeah, but look over here. They're trying to ro- grow food <laughs> in fucking sand. So sad. It's like fucking. You know, Ethiopians trying to grow shit. It's fucking. There's nothing growing here. Sorry, it's sad. no water. Yeah, sad. Yeah, it's what a fucking humanity gets for being stupid. Well, you're in a good mood, aren't you? I know. You? I know. I am. I'm kind of pissed off. All right, look. I am. I'm. I'm working a gig. Okay, and the the GM didn't call me back for goddamn uh four or five days. They wanted to put my bus, park it in a ship parking lot in a downtown part of this town we're going to. And it's fucking dangerous. A comedian got his fucking face beat by five guys and they hopped the goddamn train back to their shit town. All right. And the guy was in a hospital with every major bone in his face fucking broken. I mean, fractured. He's got it all. F- he had to have his whole face peeled off and put titanium plates underneath. And they put this fucking face back on. Good Lord. Good who, Lord. Who is that? I'll tell you later. Okay. I don't want to fucking give any details on this phone, on this podcast. That's horrible. It's horrible. But, I mean, there's fucking real security. So, you know, I got, when it comes down to fight or flight, your brother Ralphie May has got no fucking flight. All I got is fight. And so, first thing I'm going to do is smack you in the fucking face. Just let you know. Hey, I'm, I'm real. Just like I would a fucking shark. That's the first thing I got. I got no fucking way to get away from you. All right? If you want, you got me. So all I can do is fucking turn like a bull or a bear and fucking beat the shit out of you. That's my only play. And that's why I carry my fucking gun. If anybody gets lippy, I'll pull the fucking gun. We'll settle this in court. I don't give a fat baby's dick. I am Southern and I will put a hole in the motherfucker. It's them or me. Fuck them. I don't give a shit. It really pisses me off. You know, that it's personal security is a lax thing, you know. 
Well, it just so happens. And people probably assume that you were put up to talk about this right now, but you're not because this episode is actually about me going and getting um, some instruction from com- from comedian Chris Strait at a boxing gym on self-defense. On, on self-defense. Shit. Let's go to the shooting range. I'll show you <laughs> self-defense. Fuck a one-two. I got a three-five-seven. Uh, All right? I, I love fucking, it. Yeah. Like a, uh, I like a good combo. Yeah, me too. I like a semi-auto and a fucking revolver. All right? That's how I roll. It's that old bit. Dumb. You want to fight and you're like ready to duke it out and you just pull it. You're gonna go bam. Yeah, the exactly, over. exactly. Yeah, that motherfucker can be swiveling a, a sword like you did Indiana Jones. I'm the same school. Shoot that motherfucker. That's exactly right. Drop him. Uh, Drop him. Crazy. Drop him. I'm southern. That's crazy. I'll, I'll claim southern. All right. Well, enough of that crazy. Just <laughs> Sorry. I, I think next time, in, if you get angry, let's think about just hitting a bag, much like Chris Strait wants you to listen to this. All right. Other ways to solve problems without guns. Okay, fine. You're no fun. Where are we? This is incredible. Yeah, no, we are at the Systems 8 Training Center in Hawthorne, California. It's about a mile from my house. And uh, I used to train here more actively years ago, um, like five or six years ago, not when I was a kid. But, um, yeah, it's a, a um, mostly MMA but also boxing gym, and they've just recently renovated. Uh, we actually used to, when they had a ring in the front, we used to have comedy shows here, too, because the head MMA trainer is a comedian. <laughs> And if you and if you bombed, did they beat the shit out of you? I was exactly. You, you, you would think that it was it was it was also a place where fighters were doing their first ever with guys who were ten year, twenty year pros. So you're like, okay, the, the, this is the, the minute it turns back to a training facility, I'm the novice. <laughs> but right now they're in my world. Right. <laughs> yeah. How do you go from? You said he's a. A comedian and a professional. Was that your aspiration too? That's or? the thing. I, his story's a little different. I'll let Hill tell that. But for me, it was I started liking them both right around the exact same time. And of course, both are not, as you know, uh, white middle class uh, options that they tell you about in school. It's like I'm going to be a comedian. I'm going to be a you know a, a fighter. That's Weren't not you, things. Like, queued up to be a doctor or something. You would think. I mean, the neighborhood I grew up in when my mom grew up there was called Pill Hill because all the Jewish doctors lived there. But by the time I grew up, it was the Black Beverly Hills, as referenced in Reservoir Dogs. It's Ladera Heights is the neighborhood. And so, no, I was being groomed to, you got to go to college, you got to go to college. Even my father, who never went. So your family did not white flight. They just stuck no, it through. No, they stuck it through. Are they, they what I call white fragmented? I mean, they find the pockets of white people that are still existing. And so now that the white people are coming back, they get to point and laugh. Oh, wow. It's like Howard Stern always talks about how he was in that oh, one yeah. neighborhood and then it changed. Well, according to him, though, it changed like night and day. This was a slow thing. Like by the time my uncle was in high school, there were a few black people at Inglewood High. Then 10 years later, there were no white people. Left. Were you at Inglewood High? I was supposed to go, but my father bought property at the only time in L.A. that property ever went down. And so I got to go to Culver City High because uh, my grades were not good enough for private schools. But, uh, yeah, he actually took me to boxing gyms, the Broadway gym, which is still there, 108th and Broadway in Watts. My dad drove me in his cheap Cherokee, which was the 80s, 90s Yuppie Mobile. (laughs) He drove me to a boxing gym, and he said, yeah, once we're in there, it's fine. It's just trying to get from the street to the gym without 80 people asking you for money. (laughs) Why was your father passionate about getting you into a fighting gym? He wasn't passionate about it. That was just love for his son. He didn't understand it. You wanted to do it. I wanted to do it. Yeah, this wasn't one of those, like, Oscar De La Hoya, for example, who hated it at first, and his father forced him. My father asked me a million times, are you sure you want to do this? And I watched Rocky movies 
movies when I was a kid. I made all my kids, put, um, all the kids in my neighborhood, put on gloves, and we would fight out there. You know, before I realized what my body type would turn out to be, which was not a fighter. So. You're a big dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm tall, tall. Which, but I was very skinny when I was younger. So when I, you know, box in the gym or I'd, or I'd fight with my friends or I'd get to some of these amateur, con- I, I'd be skinny and I'd have a big height advantage over everybody. But once you cross that 200 pound line, I went back when I was 25. Those guys are my height and they're huge and they've got like giant hands. One of their fists looks like both of mine and they got broad shoulders and it's just, it was suddenly a different sport when I was a heavyweight. Hey, stop it right there. Okay. Oh, I just burped in the mic. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Let me try that again. Hey, stop it right there. All right. Was there a burp on that one? No. no? All right. Perfect. Um, uh, by the way, that does stop most podcasts is a nice belch. Okay. That should be the belch pause. Um, but uh, the whole wanting to do something, you know, like that and wanting to b- do that, I get it and get it. Sometimes you just want to beat the shit out of something, you know. And uh, if if I had that as a kid, it might have been better off. And I think um, uh, our son uh, should get into fighting like that. Oh, he'd UFC be great. and fucking, I mean, he's he- a gorilla. He's strong as an ox. He picks up everybody already. He can flip them on their ass. And uh, he's a bad man, Jack. So yeah, I, I, think, have, I think we have to do the same thing. Well, Chris actually gave me the name of some of some gyms where they do yeah. that type of stuff. So, yeah, I, I want to get him involved in that. Yeah, man. He's a little weapon in the making. Yeah, he's a weapon in the fucking making. Yeah. Yeah, that boy already wants to get people to tap out. Yeah, You want to drive him over to, to Watts? I don't know about Watts. Isn't that what he said? Chris yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fighting gym. I do UFC him. You know? Oh my god, I love you. That's the only sport that I'm like truly get like what about. Oh, uh, we should go to one in December. I'm, I'm, I'm off. down. I'm off. So let's go. All right. Jojo let's... said he'll get us tickets. Sure. All that right. Sounds awesome. Let's, and and let's go to Vegas this time and get a babysitter. Okay. Okay. All right. At the at this gym where Chris was. Yeah. There was a whole room of UFC tra- people training, and they oh, yeah. were awesome. It's they're such, fucking gorillas, they're man. They're so sexy. <laughs> You fucking bitch! I swear to God! I swear to God! Oh my God! They're I'll like, take you in the back and choke guys, you out. All right. Holy shit! I'll make you tap out holy with this dick. Holy shit, ladies! You're you know what I'm talking about. Holy, they're they're gorillas. They're awesome. All right, I'm fucking. I'm about done with this fucking podcast. <laughs> Those this guys, though, they're just so like. Okay. All right. Next, let's let's listen to Chris some more. <laughs> But then MMA comes around. Yeah. No, I, I can always get out of holds, but I was terrible at putting people in them. But, but MMA was awesome because where we're standing right now, those places did not exist. There were not boxing gyms in nice neighbor- neighborhoods. Now there are. You know, uh, everyone thought MMA was going to bury boxing. No, it's saving it. Fighting sports as a whole are doing great now. I yeah. love MMA. Yeah. I do. I love it. It's so I'm much fun. I'm a fan, too. There's not really this big war between them like everyone thinks. I mean, some of the newbies, maybe, but fighting sport people appreciate fighting sports for the most part. These guys are awesome. Yeah. In the background, that's the owner. And a lot of these, a lot of these guys you'll see, these are professional fighters. I've seen them fight. Um, there's a guy from here who's made it from, you know, beginning to the UFC. He's been on two UFC cards down in Rio now, and he's probably going to be on a televised one soon. So people are making it to the big show from this gym. Yeah. That's cool. So you ended up doing stand-up instead of being yeah. a professional fighter. When I was 24, I gave both. I'd, I'd been a stand-up fan for 10 years, and I'd never gotten on stage. Again, no one in my family in show business. I was in grad school for psychology. I was going to be a therapist. And I said, I'm going to give both one last try. And I trained at a gym. Finally, there was one in Hermosa Beach, of all places. That didn't exist before. And I, I had a fight, and I 
went to an open mic. Both went well. I won my fight. I don't open mic. But then when I then the following year, as I tried to pursue both at the same time, I was moving up in stand up. Okay, I, after only a year and a half, I was starting to book some road work and uh, had like half hour, forty five minutes of material that quickly. Whereas I was starting to have rough sparring sessions. I remember t- two weeks after nine eleven. What I, about the therapist? Yeah, the therapist thing even... you would think. No, I, yeah, that was. I was going to try and do that, but then I got into the clinics, and it turns out, no offense, but there's a lot of women running them, and you know the classic argument in coupledom that I don't want you to fix my problem, just listen to me? That's the way they were, and so I was being a guy therapist, you know, guessing and trying to problem solve, and they thought I was aggressive as hell and didn't like me in the clinics. So I realized, eh, this may not work. I may not make it past this. So, so you got to full on. I, got, I went all the way to master's. I got my, my, my thesis was on the subject of humor because that was on my mind. And yeah, it was kind of that mid-20s crossroads. And then I had a rough sparring session where I had ringing in the ears. I went to one last clinic where it was run like crap. And I had a particularly good show and killed. And I said, okay, this is where I'm going. Wow, that all that fate 14 years ago, yeah. Like- yeah, exactly, all at Your once. Your life could have gone in any direction at that point. Entirely. All right, stop it again. I had one of those moments. What do you mean? I was um, uh, where I, my path changed immediately, and I went to comedy. I was 17. I was part of the beginning scholars program at the University of Arkansas. I was uh, going to high school and college at the same time, and uh, I just made A's on all of my exams, and... Uh, uh, I was out with my study group. They were all a lot older than me, and uh, they were drinking and eating. We were eating pizza at Shakey's Pizza. I do an open mic, and then I get head from an unattractive girl by a fucking dumpster, and I n- never want to go to college again. <laughs> that would sell you on it. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's that's the the path that changed for me. You know, that's it's strange. You just have that epiphany. And it's ironic that... He solves his frustrating by hitting a bag when usually the frustration is you getting hit in your bag. You know, I mean, just getting punched in the fucking nuts. Constantly, right? Constantly. This entertainment industry is a fucking racket. Uh. It's designed to break you down and because that's easier than dealing with you is if you just quit. That's why it's hard on everybody. You Makes know? Makes sense. I've played that out. I've played that scenario out. Where would I have been? Now, boxing, I'm glad I didn't do that because as it turned out, like I said, I mean, I'm super nearsighted. I would have had to get LASIK, which gets worse when you get punched on it. And then, um, and it wasn't that advanced 15 years ago. And uh, then I also, you know, I'm a hypochondriac from illness, so I would have been staring at the You're not a good animal for it. I think with stuff like this, you have to be like... I'm not built physically genetics. for it. You're right, I'm tall, but I, I don't have the physical genetics for that. Are there a lot of that. tall MMA guys? MMA guys, not as They're much. Like John, John Jones is probably the most famous tall, lanky guy, but still, even if that's your body type, you've got to have amazing ground game because you're going to get there. At that level, guys are good enough where you can't win just striking or just on the ground. You've got to be able to do both. Um, whereas in boxing, you see every body type because there's a lot more weight classes and it's all about what your weight class is. You know, so if you both weigh 135, it doesn't matter if one of you is six feet and that has happened. And one of you is five feet, one of you is 40 and the other one's 18. As long as you weigh the same, you're in the ring with that guy. Yeah. (laughs) And they agree. You know, he just said that he he keeps them here. Gym owners tend to be, the term is gym rat. Yeah, gym rat in the uh, like Nautilus and aerobics and cardio world means someone who's in there for three hours. Gym rat in fighting sport means you almost could literally live in a gym. 
There are fighters that live up above gyms that stay when they're out of town in the gym. The owners pretty much are here from like whenever it opens to 12 hours later. So yeah, they'll bring their kids will be in here. Their pets will be in here. That's the way those. It's their whole life, huh? Yeah. How about you? How often are you in here? That's the thing is, I haven't been in this gym in a while. I, I had back surgery a few years ago. Again, further proof I made the right decision. <laughs> uh, I was running a lot and boxing a lot and twisting, and I had a herniated disc. Ooh. Yeah, so after that, I was told to limit the fighting sports stuff. But it's still on my bucket list to work a corner one day. Like, I want to be a trainer or assistant trainer <laughs> to You're do such that. such a jock, though. Really, were you a good athlete all the way through school? That's the thing is, I wasn't. I was more, I, I famously said, that the, I'm so pissed at Comedy Central because when it was cool to be a jock, I was a nerd. When it was cool to be a nerd, I was a jock. So it's, yeah, now that it's cool to be a nerd, I'm a jock. No, I actually grew into my body. It took a while. And when I was 13, I went from 5'5 five, five to 6'2 in one year. So I'm not thinking basketball. I'm thinking walk again. Like, I mean, it was really, I was awkward. But I was on the team, and I and boxing and water skiing were the two sports that I'd done since I was a little kid. So I was able to maintain my uh, my coordination in just those two sports, but and no nothing else. I mean, Ralph was really into sports when he was a kid, but mm-hmm. it might be a little bit. Well, going glum. back to it, like, did he ever try to go back to a sport? After? You know what? That's a good question. No, stop it. Was there ever a sport that you were into that you tried to go back to, or you want to go back to? No. Not fucking one of them, except for maybe canoeing and um, and hiking and camping. Really, um, you want to go back to hiking? Yeah, and camping oh, and stuff like that. Cool. Yeah, that's fun. But uh, I played uh, ball at a high level for the level I was at. At, a, at probably, I mean, I was I was really good, and I uh, I couldn't do it anymore. And so, like, once you do something great, you you know, you're at the top of the game. It's hard to go back and do it i mean i know a lot of guys who play hockey that used to play hockey professionally and now they play it just to do it but they all bitch about how they're just old and just trying to chase down their dream and it's like i did it i'm kind of done with it you know i i don't mind doing canoeing and and uh hiking because that doesn't seem like a sport Yes, I love football. I loved hitting people and cracking people fucking in two. I loved baseball, knocking home runs and fucking the hustle of it. I loved the smell of the dirt and the grass. I mean, when you're playing football, you're covered in sweat and grass. It's all over you because they mow the yard, all right? And that smell, and I would have snot coming down because I was allergic, and I'd just do the rockets, you know, snot rockets and stuff like that. I love the sweat. I love the feel of the helmet. I love smashing into people. Um, I uh, I loved uh, taking the ball away from people. I would just strip the ball from them. They'd be running past, and I'd grab their arm, and I was stronger than them, and I would fucking rip the goddamn ball out. And the whole momentum running past me. I would f- knock, I would, people would be flying past me, and there's video of them going up on their legs as I grabbed the ball. i just take the ball. And it was no problem. I was, I was hands down stronger than anybody all right but i can't do that after the wreck and so it's like i don't even want to play i mean i'll go out and play uh ball with uh august and i'll help coach I was okay. say, that's the perfect answer yeah you can take but some as of far that as experience. playing the sport again no no i want to try golf i like golf but i i don't like 18 holes of fucking golf okay that's way too much fucking golf 
All right, I don't want to do 18 holes. Fuck that. Golf was originated with three holes. All right, because that's all them Scottish guys wanted to fucking do. All right, me, I like that little par nine over uh, of Pico, right where we used to live. Mm-hmm. I like that par nine. I mean, par three, nine hole course, a lot more than an 18 hole big sprawling fuck thing. Who gives a shit? That's all about your driving. I like the short game. All right, you know. Uh, the wreck was such a pivotal point. It's like I lost my childhood instantly. You know, I mean, I wasn't able to be a teenager anymore for a year. You just lose it. You're you dealing with a whole new world. Yeah, you, you go from being invincible to, to everything. You're vulnerable. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I went from invincible to the most vulnerable you can be. I couldn't walk. I was 16, 88. Yeah, it was a dark time. That stripped you of, and and yeah, and, and and my childhood wasn't that much fun at the fucking, uh, anyways. Without that shit, it kind of sucked, you know. But I tell you, you know, you can sit back and bemoan it, or you can just fucking move past it. And that's just, you know, I feel like going back there is kind of opening up scabs that don't need to be, you know, about about because I, I mean, when you have one thing and you work so hard for it. And you, uh, you're, you're at the point where you've worked so hard to accomplish something, and then for all of it to be instantly taken away, really doesn't endear you to go back to that. You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I you do different things at different points in your life, and you can, ex- right. And you're just you're a different person throughout different points in your life. So, you know, you went through a, a terrible trauma, and it changed who you are forever. So you either, you either want to continue that and go back to it or you you adjust and like yeah. you said you are totally different now because when you were 16 you could never have imagined having a six-year-old boy no so you adjust and you move forward and now right. you can play football with him if that's what you desire yeah but i also i don't go back and really try to relive my youth by chasing pussy and and <laughs> and you know what i mean you know you don't you don't you don't live in the past you know, you take the new evolution of who you are, but but going back to the start is, I don't know, it's like, it's regressive, you know? Oh, I don't know. There were things I loved when I was a kid that, it, that having kids has allowed me to revisit and redo. But, but as far as sports go, I have no interest in being a Markow again, which was the dance team. They were the Marquettes, but they called us the Markows. I don't want to dance well, on a dance team ever nothing. again. Usually those dance teams are chock full of big bitches. Look yeah, like me with the wig on. Yeah, they were all the cheerleader rejects. Okay. That's what I and was. And they try to do all the kicks, and they can't do them. Not everybody looks like you. Well, no, right? I was, I mean, I belonged on that team. But no. I, I don't... Um, no, you could have been top go, of the pyramid. I just wouldn't want to hang out with that many women again on one in one little oh group. Oh my god, like that's, that was probably the. It's, it was too close to being in a sorority you, for me. Look at me on this fucking bus. I know. Jesus Christ, a I got you, Cat, and Jen Murphy. Jesus. I know. It's a it's fucking a lot. lot. It's a lot. Makes I you want to go it. punch a bag, right? Let's go back to Chris Street. All right, let's talk to Chrissy. So, were you wanting to? Show me how to throw a punch, or what was yes. it that we were going to do? I will actually show you that. It's this punching bag here. First thing is how to stand. Okay, I'll, I'll let you finish what you were saying. No, no, I've, okay. um, I've, I've taken some punching classes. Okay, oh, so you know. Like to punch through the bag and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I, I was doing it, and my knuckles started to get a little like ugly yeah no my, mine as well that does happen there i wish there were just bag gloves hanging around but we're not going to work for power anyway this is just going to be technique so uh first of all let me show are you right or left-handed right-handed right-handed okay stand left foot forward not that there aren't guys that reverse that but more of that later 
Okay, and yeah, most of your weight right now is in your back foot, but you should be up on the balls of your feet. Not, not that high up. That's ballet. Nice, nice though. <laughs> <laughs> and shift your weight back and forth till that starts to feel comfortable, like you feel like you're balanced, like on the balls of your feet, but when you punch, you can step down to your heel to get more power, just like you can switch from one to the other. Yeah, very good. And now your hands are up as if you're going to accept a punch any minute now. A big misconception about punching, which you already know if you've taken punching classes, is that it's coming from your fist or from your arms. Really, your arms are a passenger on the rest of it. A punch starts in your feet. There's two different ways. to. Some people just do the twist. Others step their heel down. It's whatever is more comfortable for you. And note, then you feel it in your thigh after that. Then your hip follows. So then your shoulder follows. Then your arm. Now notice how much closer I am to this because I did it that way. Now, if I stood back here and just did my arm, that's called an arm punch. Those really don't get a lot done. And also, not only is your arm a passenger, but you twist at the last minute and hit with the front two knuckles and twist. Twisting cuts the eyes. Bam. <laughs> and so you should pretty much be in an uncomfortable like this before your hand even goes. Like that, like that. Oh, wow. That really does get... See how it feels yeah. better? Yeah. You don't even need... And there's two different ways to do it. We're going to do the second way because of the bag. I don't want you to hurt your shoulder. But the follow-through is where your whole body comes with it. Hey, hey, wait. Stop the tape. You're so glad that I learned how to throw a punch. I am so glad you learned how to throw a punch. All right. Now, granted, please don't practice on me. <laughs> but Only uh, when I'm asleep. I know. You, I get the shit kicked out of me. She's got her eyes closed. Oh, we're here. Oh, we're at your gig? Yep. Time oh, to get shit. off the bus. Time to get off the bus and get off this jugs. Lana's got a headlight tonight in San Luis Obispo, and we are headed up to San Jose. So we're, not, we're in San Miguel, but that's San okay. San Miguel, whatever. Wherever we are. It's we're the Mexican part of San Luis Obispo. <laughs> You'll love it. It's great. Hopefully I don't have to throw any punches here. No, Except for but Joe if you punches. need to, Chrissy taught you how to do it. I think it's fucking awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some good jokes. How's that? Yeah, throw, throw punchlines, not punches, baby. I you, will. You thank a, you. Be a lover, not a fighter. All right. Thank you, Ralphie. Hey, Thanks, love guys. you guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Perfect Ten. Tune in next week when we'll do it again. Hit up Facebook and Twitter and tell all of your friends and... Well, you get the idea. Subscribe. Visit our page on iTunes. Leave us plenty of comments and a high rating. Check out our website at perfect10pod.com. We'll see you next week. Suckers.